Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Monday, January the 4th, 2021. We are continuing our study in the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 26, the second paragraph. So we return to this doctor. We're reading through two paragraphs, ending with, this was the great physician's opinion, and commenting on both paragraphs. Today, for the 12 steps, Marge E., 12 traditions, Lisa B., and readers of the text, Marcella M. So yesterday, the share ID for Sunday, January the 3rd, one six one. That was our special edition. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Marge E., to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Marge. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service. This is Margie from Massachusetts, and I am a compulsive overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God <clears throat> Excuse me, as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for His knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overreaders and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me to do service 
and I pass. Thank you, Marge E. And now Lisa B. will read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Lisa B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 26, the second paragraph. So we return to this doctor, reading through two paragraphs, ending with, this was the great physician's opinion, and commenting on both. Marcella M., could you get us started, please? Thank you, Lynn. My, my name is Marcella. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Boston. So he returned to this doctor whom he admired and asked him point black why he could not recover. He wished above all things to regain self-control. He seemed quite rational and well-balanced with respect to other problems, 
yet he had no control whatever over alcohol. Why was this? He begged the doctor to tell him the whole truth, and he got it. In the doctor's judgment, he was utterly hopeless. He could never regain his position in society, and he would have to place himself under lock and key or hire a bodyguard if he expected to live long. That was the great physician's opinion. Um, good morning. My name is Marcella. I'm a recovery composer overeater. Um, I get the chills reading this because this is my story. By the end of my um, addiction, I was in front of a psychiatrist, and he was I, he was nice. He was a really nice person, very well-intentioned. I trusted him. We had a bond of trust. And he looked at me and he said, I really don't know what to do with you. I really do not know what to do with you. I had been diagnosed with um, the whole range of eating disorders in the book. And, um, and, and I just couldn't function. And uh, he said that, that I should apply for it. Um, how do you call that benefit that gives you for disabled people kind of benefit? Because he told me that it was very unlikely that I would ever be employed again and that I would need to receive assistance for the gov- from the government to just like like go by, right? And I would always be sick and like so ill that I could barely function. And not to get ahead of the reading, but that's not the case. I found... Alcoholics Anonymous and, uh, and, and this book, first in, a, in AA in this, and then in A Vision for You. And um, I'm functional, I'm employed, I don't, I don't go to the psychiatrist anymore. I would if I needed it, but I don't need it. I, I, I know what I'm eating this morning. I know where's my breakfast, my lunch, and my dinner. I know where's my group. My home group is A Vision for You. We also meet in Spanish. I hope you take comfort in knowing that 1,400 people study this book in Spanish every single day, and and people are recovering. And and in these years of entire abstinence, according to the doctor's opinion, as it was explained to me here in A Vision for You, I have seen three miracles in my life. The first one, I don't eat compulsively anymore. The second one, I have been granted the ability to pass it on to the next person. And the third one, I enjoy a loving, supporting community in English and in Spanish. I have homes everywhere, everywhere, everywhere in the planet. I have friends everywhere. I'm not hungry. The obsession has been completely removed, and I feel useful and connected to my higher power. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marcella M. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Okay, through all thank you. Through all of that, this is who I heard. I believe I heard Lauren N, Barbara E, and Cindy C. Who did I miss? 
Lynn F. Anyone else? Johan N. Anne Bing. Who is the last lady, please? Anne B. Anne B. Okay. This is our lineup for this morning. Lauren N. Barbara E. Cindy C. Lynn F. Johan N. And Anne B. Please go ahead, Lauren. Lynn, I love you. You heard me telepathically because I didn't unmute myself. But I was thinking about doing it. So this is Lauren N., and I'm going to go with it, if it's okay with everyone. Please go ahead. Thank you all for being here. Lauren N., compulsive overeater, sugar addict from New York. I totally, totally can relate to this paragraph, these two paragraphs. I felt and thought and believed that I was never going to recover, that I'd have to be locked up and or and or my, you know, jaws wired shut or stuff like that. 150 pounds down, wearing the same size as I wore last winter and the winter before that, incredible to me that I am recovered and am living happy, joyous, and free. I have no longer any desire to hurt myself with food. I know what I'm eating three meals today and what I ate three meals yesterday and will be eating three meals again Tomorrow, the same three meals. And I'm okay with that. No excitement from food. Because my excitement comes from people and places and things and this meeting. And thank you all for being here every single day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren N. And Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Cindy C. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, and I am a compulsive overeater from New Jersey, and I'd like to thank Marcella for that inspirational share that got us started. Well, like me leaving Weight Watchers or Diet Center or another diet doctor or a psychiatrist, when I got to go for a minute and a half, I was filled with confidence. Roland had what he felt was emotional and physical control over his drinking. But like me, he and I could never get over our compulsion. For me to stop from starting to eat things that were harmful to me and powerless to stop when I wanted to, doing things that would shock other people, I thought, eating off the floor, eating out of the garbage, eating food past the... uh, the point of fullness, past sanity. Like Roland, there was something broken and missing in me. I failed to enlarge my spiritual life, and I didn't know I was allergic to some foods. They set off a strange reaction in me. 
When told in Weight Watchers I could now eat in moderation, I couldn't do that. Moderation just didn't work for me. I gained all the weight back within six months. I'm talking about well over 100 pounds. Why? Because I'm different. I'm a compulsive overeater. And I have an allergy and a mental twist of my mind that rend me, rendered me incapable of stopping no matter how desperately I wanted to, no needed to. I was dying slowly, miserable and hopeless. I needed to surrender and accept help. But remember, Dr. Silkworth believed that the only help for a chronic alcoholic was entire abstinence and an entire psychic change, a complete change of the way they needed to think and the way they needed to feel. And that's what Dr. Zhang told Roland. His old ideas and beliefs had to be smashed and replaced with new ideas and beliefs. And taking the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous did, a pro did produce that vital psychic change in me. But it was of the educational variety. It happened slowly, a complete change in the way I began to think and feel, a transformation of sorts. And I'm so grateful for Appendix 2, because when I first heard such phrases as God is everything or nothing, I thought perhaps this program was not for me. But in We Agnostics, I learned that this program will work for everyone who's willing to do the work. And I found we don't argue over our religious views. I was free to find my own conception of God. We all get Time better together. You. Thank you. Good place to end. We all get better together. Thank you very much. Thank you, Barbara E. Cindy C., it's your turn, followed by Lynn F. Good morning, Cindy. Uh, good morning. Uh, can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Uh, this is Cindy C. from Illinois, a recovered compulsive eater and bulimic. During the early years of my bulimia, life did not seem impossible or hopeless. In fact, I thought it was great. I was successful in my chosen profession and felt I was winning at life. I was completing my master's degree. I had lots of friends and almost always got the guy that I was interested in. I loved buying new clothes. While I knew it was unhealthy and destructive, bulimia was an acceptable weight management option for me. I thought I was getting away with something. In my mind, bulimia was almost a support system. Somehow I viewed it as helping me to get the things I wanted out of life, which was to stay thin, look attractive and sexy, have an exciting dating life and hang with a trendy party crowd. It was also the beginning of denial, delusion, and other forms of twisted thinking about myself and life. One example of my twisted thinking was, do I really need God in my life? Maybe religion and spirituality are forms of weakness, kind of the opiate of the masses. As Harlan has said, the first victim of compulsive eating is the truth, including the lies we tell ourselves. Self-esteem and self-respect were eventually victims of my lies and gradually replaced by self-hatred. What seemed at first to be minor mood swings grew into emotional instability. For 10 years, I was married and then divorced my husband, believing he was the impossible one. 
I told my friends and family that he couldn't maintain an emotional connection and was mean. I hadn't yet heard of OA and persisted in this impossible, futile, and hopeless lifestyle for several more years. The lies that began years earlier were entrenched and had become a blinding and destructive facade. One day an angel, just as one of my co-workers, mentioned that she was involved with Overeaters Anonymous. That was eight years ago. I have found much of heaven since, but not without deeply painful self-searching. I consider every day I wake up a gift. God and my fellow uh, Vision for You fellows are teaching me how miraculous life can be, how to be a forgiving, nurturing, and kind human being. I don't have a life without problems or complications, but I wake every day by first, surrounding, by, by first surrendering my will and confessing my trust to my higher power. Conscious contact with God is something that I now crave. Step 10s are most difficult for Time me. As I, I live my uh, life denying authentic feelings. It's not natural for me to admit negative emotions. Um, there was, I still don't feel my feelings automatically or naturally. There was nothing middle of the road about the decades of life that I engaged in. So nothing middle of the road about the effort needed. With gratitude, I pass. Thank you, Cindy C. Lynn F., it's your turn, followed by Johan N. Please go ahead, Lynn. Good morning, Lynn, and good morning, fellows. This is Lynn F., recovered in Pennsylvania. Grateful to be sharing on the line this morning. So he returned to the doctor and asked him point blank why he could not recover. And, you know, I can't count the amount of times I asked the doctor and um, the weight loss therapists, et cetera, why I could not stop eating the way I was eating. I never defined myself as a compulsive overeater until I found myself hopeless and with nothing else left. Um, I, I gratefully found hopelessness um, in the food, and I gratefully had years of experience of not being able to stop any longer. I had many years' experience of starting and stopping, but I had years of no stopping at all before the idea of OA was planted in my mind. And thank God there were people in the room who were recovered and who shone the light of God to me. And it was through that experience that I was able to begin recovering that the hope and the promise of other people in the room, I, um, I didn't have the ability to put myself under lock and key or hire a bodyguard. I didn't have to do that. Um, I had to stop and I had to listen to what you guys were doing. And I'm just reminded today on January 4th in many years past, I would have come through the holidays binging my brains out. I would have come through the holidays consuming all the things that were tied up in pretty packages and, 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 you know, fooled myself into believing that I would stop on January 1st. And then on January 4th, I was still at it. I couldn't stop. My car would find itself going to the stores and finding those pretty packages, which were now 50% off or further off, uh, consuming the leftover things that my family discarded. 
etc. And my binge would continue. It doesn't have to be that way today. I'm glad you're all on the line. This program works. Hopelessness is a good thing. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Lynn F. Johan N., it's your turn, followed by On B. Good morning, Johan. Hi, thank you. Hi, my name is Johan N., and I'm calling from a very cold Sweden today. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm very grateful to be here. And thanks so much for service and for all the shares so far. It's been amazing listening in. And, and uh, this paragraph is just... Uh, I was just blown away. I, I see myself in this paragraph. Since early age, I was uh, I've been very driven, you know, like a problem solver. And uh, at an early age, I I moved abroad. I uh, had multiple companies. I had employees, uh, and uh, I was making money. And on the surface, it, uh, I had a very successful life, uh, looking like it. Uh, and uh, always trying to get this thing under control, you know, through dieting, uh, different diets, testing this and that and that, and nothing worked. So uh, finally I came to a way and uh, I got a sponsor and I started working the steps. But I was doing it my way. Uh, I was using this problem-solving mind, this drive that I had, I was using it uh, in the wrong direction. I was using it like I always use it, the ego way. And uh, so the result was nil. But going out again and, you know, facing this disease, really seeing it, you know, through eating through it, that I was utterly hopeless and completely powerless over this. I started working the steps like my hair was on fire. Uh, I really committed to OA and I just, uh, you know, I uh, I gave up. I gave up my, my self-film and my problem-solving uh, when it came to this matter because it has taken me uh, nowhere, just further down the the drain. And then it started to work. Uh, through the steps, I really got a spirit of experience and uh, uh, the obsession was lifted from me. And today I get to live in step 10, 11, and 12 to the best of my ability, one day at a time. And uh, and through that, I, I have a, an amazing life. Uh, and and I, I didn't come to OA to, uh, to find God. Uh, I came to OA because I thought that I had a problem with food. But learning in OA, and especially coming to vision, I learned that food was my solution to the problem that is me. Uh, so I'm really grateful for being here. I'm grateful for OA. I'm so grateful for these meetings, for great sponsorship within OA, and that I get to sponsor guys through this program every day. It's such a blessing being here. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Johan N. And on B, it's your turn. Please go ahead, on. Good morning, everyone, and compulsive overeater from New York. Um, I'm back again. This is my day one. So, um, yep, I went into a relapse, and um, it was actually alcohol um, that uh, was the downfall. So I had worked a program for many years, was doing fine. I had the peace. I had serenity. I lost the weight. And somehow, you know, I just 
through delusional thinking and denial, I thought, wow, I've got this now. I'm in such a routine. I know how to trust my higher power. I can eyeball the amount of food I need. Wow, this is fantastic. Maybe the rest of them need this program, but by golly, look at this. I must be special. I'm healed. And um, therein lies the problem, is thinking that I was no longer... um, a sugar addict, and uh, so that uh, started the drinking, and the drinking quickly went from wine, and then this is after not having um, drank at all my entire adult life, nothing, just super conservative, just very late in life, picked up wine, and just absolutely fell in love with it, and went to vodka, so that landed my butt in AA, and um, sober for day 14. And um, I'm asking God to give me the courage to work both programs at the same time. If I come to mind, uh, put out some good thoughts for me. I believe if I can, um, willing to go to any lengths and get on my knees every morning and humbly offer my life to God, that is possible. So with that, I pass uh, doing two programs at once. So grateful for you guys to be on the line. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And just a reminder for those who might have come in a little bit later, we are continuing our study of the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 26, the second paragraph. So he returned to this doctor, reading through two paragraphs, ending with, this was the great physician's opinion, and commenting on both. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared on Thursday or Friday of last week, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Melissa Lucy. Sandra B. Linda D. Kim T. Okay, let me tell you who I heard because I did, I know I missed somebody. I heard Melissa C., Sandra B., Linda D., Kim T. Who did I miss? Nancy L. Nancy M. Anyone else? Thank you. Okay, let's go with that lineup. Melissa C., Nancy L., Sandra B., Linda D., and Kim T. Melissa, please go ahead. Hey, good morning. This is Melissa T. Is that who you heard? Perfect. Thank you very much. Okay, cool. Thank you, moderator. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa P. from Buffalo, compulsive overeater in recovery. Um, You know, I got on the line last week talking about how hopelessness was knocking at my door again and getting really honest and really digging deep into my program and uncovering some layers of dishonesty, this paragraph really hits home for me. Um, Before finding this gift of program and recovery, you know, I was sitting across from a nutritionist talking about having a second gastric bypass surgery, you know, with my son in diapers 
And she looked me dead in my eye and told me that I would need to buy adult diapers and that I would need to contemplate working from home because the gastrointestinal distress that people experience after having their stomach stapled twice um, was problematic. You know, and that's because I had already had gastric bypass at 23, and I was looking at it again in my 30s because I couldn't put the food down. Every every gimmick, every gag diet, every everything wasn't working for me, and I was considering giving up my career and giving up quality of life to stay locked in a room next to my bathroom till probably I could continue to eat. Who knows? I was hopeless hopeless you know and today i'm i'm full of hope you know that there's there's a light at the end of this tunnel that i just have to keep walking towards you know and i came into program and i put the food down and i got honest and i worked the steps you know and and i keep moving you know, because you don't ever arrive. You know, it's it's not, there's not like the special prize at the end of the tunnel here. It's life doesn't get easier. We get healthier. I get healthier, you know, and I've lost weight, which is great. But what was, what was bigger and a worse problem in my life was the problems outside of my head. You know, Hurricane Melissa that walked into every room and every office and every classroom and the hurricane inside my head. You know, the food was screaming at me day after day. And, uh, you know, this, this hope thing, there's really something there. And this book and these steps and this program and this guy of mine oof, saved my life. You know, I'm on my way to work now. I'm not at home. And uh, I have a life more beautiful than I could have ever imagined. But there's work on the other end to get you to that hope. But it's it's worth it. And uh, that's all I have. So thank you so much. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa P. Nancy L., it's your turn, followed by Sandra B. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. Thank you so much. This is uh, Nancy L., recovered compulsive overeater in Arizona. And um, this really reminds me a lot about the the bodyguard thing. (laughs) I, I was and am a chronic night eater. I just don't act out anymore. But there was a time I remember lying in bed and I asked my husband, dear, what do you think about putting a padlock on the bedroom door? And then um, you can give me the key in the morning when I need to get up and, and get the house ready and the kids up and all. And I just remember him he didn't scoff, but it, it was kind of like a, what? You know, like, what are you talking about? He didn't have a clue, and I immediately felt bad about that and uh, just shut up. I didn't say another word. And then a few years later, um, when I was in the doctor's office, um, I uh, I went in there for some, some allergies. And so the doctor left the room to get me some um, samples of nose spray, but before he did, he wrote something on the top of my chart laying there. And when he left, I got up and read it. And he the only thing written on the top of that chart was obese. And, you know, if I had been in my right mind, when he came back in the room, I could have said, let's talk about this. What can we do about this? What can I do? But instead, 
when I read that word, what what happened in my mind was all that pain from kids calling me names growing up because I was fat so came back. And it was like I read the word fat so <clears throat> and <clears throat> the doctor wasn't making fun of me, but I that's how I perceived myself was that I was just a fat slob and there was absolutely no hope for me. And now my doctor, who's one of my favorite doctors, guess what? I hate this guy now, right? I hate him. And I was starting to hate my husband, and everything in my whole world was becoming so black. Thank God for OA. Thank God for Vision for You. Thank God for my sponsors. I am so, so grateful now that when I go to bed at night, I don't have that that horrible craving anymore. It is gone. I'm so grateful that it's gone. And I have to keep spiritually fit. And I love it. I love keeping spiritually fit. I love sponsoring. I love meetings. I love the big book. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you very much, Nancy L. And Sandra B., it's your turn, followed by Linda D. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. This is Sandra B. from Houston, Texas. Um, I'm just calling to um, just put in my little two cents just so that you guys know that I am not recovered yet. I'm working on my step six, and it has been a trying holiday season, not to mention the pandemic, which we're all going through. But I'm here. I survived. And... um, It's been very hard to be honest with myself and with everybody else, but I've had to do it. And I've discovered new things about myself and uh, just working on it. But I'm just grateful to be here, and I just want to be accountable and and just try to stay. I'm trying my hardest. I'm just trying. That's it. That's all I can say. And thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Sandra B. Linda D., it's your turn, followed by Kim T. Please go ahead, Linda. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm so um, amazed and grateful to be recovered, to be in the world, to not be crazy. Um, Maybe uh, food addiction didn't take you to crazy. But I think it's pretty crazy that I was destroying myself with food for years and years and years. Didn't have a God. I knew God wasn't real. Uh, My life uh, never seemed normal in any other respect after a very young age. And I was still asking when I first came, why, 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 why? And it was because I didn't have a higher power. And I would have thought, oh, what nonsense. I know better than this. I'm educated, for God's sake. I'm an intellectual. Now, I wouldn't have said that because that's really vain and rude. And it's stifling to to be that. This program has everything to do with a higher power within you. And you'll find that out. And I found it out. If I can find it out, anybody can anybody but I came and I was so desperate desperate is awful it feels terrible I will never have self-control guess what about anything that's what I found out 
I'm in two programs at the same time. Everything is fine. And now I'm dealing with work addiction. I could go to that program if I could get there. Instead, I have to turn everything over, talk to my sponsor about it. And that's working out. Even that, this nervousness that makes me too busy, too busy. I have a wonderful life. And it's tough right now in some respects, very tough. But I am very, very grateful not to have anything much calling to me, even a pandemic. And that's amazing to me because it is so scary out there. I love God and I love this program and the big book and everything I learn every day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Linda D. And Kim T., it's your turn. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. This is Kim T. Um, I just wanted to share about the hope that I have. Um, recently, I've been enduring some medical problems, and it's you know been scary and uncertain and a lot of emotions going on. Um, but what I would like to have people hear is the different reaction I have before program and then now um this morning i had another fall after a seizure and you know i had to check before i share it's like am i looking for pity or am i looking for a poor cam and what i would like to share is the hope and the way i got to react to this scary situation this morning um before program i would have just put my little headlight on put my yak tracks on with my running shoes and taken off and run anyways with no concern for self-preservation. I would have basically said the heck with, you know, what I'm risking and how my family feels. You know, this is happening to me. How dare you want me to think about somebody else? Um, this is happening to me. I would have then probably dropped off my daughter and then gone and got the biggest thing is skinny pops and kombucha because those are healthy, right? But the cake that followed, that would be because I'm entitled to it because this is happening to me. Um, So what if my family would have to listen later how much I hated myself for eating again? So what? I mean, this is all about me, right? Um, That's how I would have reacted before program. I'm almost certain. Um, Today, I just immediately, because of God, because of the consciousness of God in my mind, thought, I trust you, and I had a peace. And I had thoughts about how I could maybe share if it would help anybody. That's a miracle to me. It's a miracle to think about somebody else, despite what my circumstances might be. The word miracle never even was in my vocabulary before. The fact that I'm saying miracle is a miracle. I just, the only thing that matters, I'm finally learning, is it doesn't matter what I weigh. It doesn't matter, you know, what my food, I mean, it matters what my food plan is, but I'm not 
all I care about is my connection and cultivating that connection with God who loves me and knows what's best for me. So I can not only help, you know, and treat my body with some kind of preservation, but also help others. And this is a program for living, and I have hope in spite of whatever's happening to me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday, please step back and let others have a turn. Who would like a share? Brenda A. Lassa O. I've got Brenda A and Vasa O. Perhaps time for one more. Katie V. Sorry, who was that last lady? Katie V. Katie V. Okay, let's go with that lineup. Brenda A, Vasa O, and Katie V. Brenda, please go ahead. Yes, good morning, and thank you for your service, and thank you to all the fellows on this line. When I first read these two paragraphs um, about two years ago, I could not be in touch. I could not understand them. It was as if I was reading a foreign language, and nothing resonated in me. And with the miracle of being recovered... It comes through so clearly. I wake up every day and I am so happy. I am so joyous and serene that sometimes I have to pinch myself to say, is this really me? And the bottom line is I have learned and I am able to see what a wonderful life I have and how much better it gets every day. And that's by the grace of God and recovery. And that's what I wish for everyone. Thank you, one and all. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Brenda A. Vasa O, it's your turn, followed by Katie V. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, Lynette. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service and everyone's service this morning. And I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And uh, I love this paragraph, that both of them. So he returned to the doctors when he admitted and asked him point blank, blank why he could not recover. For me, I was not looking for the recovery. I was just looking to put the food down. I never, like recovery was just, it wasn't in my vocabulary in those years. But I know for myself, my addiction to food did not blossom till we came in America, till we discovered this, all this junk food and all these delicious foods. But I really didn't, I didn't know anything about food addiction. I just thought in those days, food was just food. You know, it was so accepted in our society, and it is still accepted in in our society. But, you know, again, for me, it was getting progressive from 15 years old till I came to recovery. I was 41 years old, and I had no clue. I, I, just, I wanted to stop. Of course I did. 
all those different times that I couldn't. I could stop it for a while, but I could never keep it stopped. And I remember it was I was I had the battle with the food since since I came in recovery. And but anyways, I remember when I was pregnant with my daughter, and I remember going to the doctors, you know. And I was functional in other areas of my life to the best of my ability. And I remember the, the doctor would tell me, he said, you know, you're, go- you're getting too much weight. This is not going to be good for you. It's not going to be good for the baby. It's not going to be good for your birth. And it's going to be harder to take the weight off. He gave me all the diets. He, you know, he was a very, very nice doctor. But I could not know. Why do you know the the disease at, at that time. I didn't know the allergy. I didn't know the mental obsession. I didn't, think, I didn't know anything about a higher power. I had no clue. But I remember when I worked, I'd say, well, when I'm home, when the, this child is born, I'm going to have a better control, you know, with the food, you know. And, you know, I played all those mental things were coming in my head all the time with the food addiction and then, yeah, the time came for me to come home, have the child, and I even progressed even more because I, all the food was right there in my refrigerator. At least at work there was some control because I couldn't run to the food, you know, every minute all the time. I was a grazer. But anyways, uh, and I remember thinking then, you know, when I was home, it just hit so much. I remember saying, well, if my husband could just lock me in the room and then I wouldn't be able to eat, you know. Well, we have a ranch. I could have jumped down very easily from the window and go around, you know, get the food. Time, but I was, please. I'll wrap it up. But I had a child. I couldn't do that. But it's the mental obsession. I felt I needed to be locked down so I cannot get you the food. Thank you, God, I was brought in the program. I found a higher greater than myself and the program. And I'm so grateful, happy, and joyful today. And I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, Katie V, it's your turn. Please go ahead, Katie. Hi, good morning. This is Katie V in Brooklyn, New York, um, recovering for today. Um, yeah, thank you so much for hearing me. I I could so relate to all the shares this morning and it's been just so great to be here. Um, yeah, I would have loved to have a bodyguard or to, or to have someone lock me in my room and let me come out. You know, that was actually what I wanted when, when I was eating. And, um, I thought if only someone could just take this for me, you know, and I went to the doctors because I wanted an answer because I wanted to know why, and I never heard why I heard or the why that I did hear was, why can't you just not eat? Why can't you just not order? You know what's going to happen. Why are you doing this? That's the why I heard. I didn't hear this is the reason and here's how to stop until I found this program. And now I don't fantasize about being locked in my bedroom overnight anymore so I don't eat. I don't go to my roommates and say, take my phone, take my laptop so I can't order food. I don't, I don't spend time with people so that, oh God, I don't spend time with people so that I don't eat. You know, I used to, I used to just like find somebody I could glom onto for a few hours so that I wouldn't eat. You know, I was starving, but I knew if I was alone, it was going to happen. 
I don't go for walks for three hours because I know if I'm home, I'm going to eat because now I have this program. I have all of you and I have God, this amazing all knowing power, you know, that's just, that just covers me. That just holds me every day and carries me when I can't walk. And, and lately I've been feeling kind of like I can't walk and I know God's there. Like, it's just a fact. It's, it's a, it's the fact of my life that God is here and God just is. And I was talking to somebody about last night and we were talking about how we had to, or we wanted to define God. We wanted God to look like something, you know, the description for God, the, you know, how, how exactly it manifested. And that's spiritual arrogance to me. And today I can't do that. I can't have any spiritual pride or spiritual arrogance. And it's hard because I'm prideful and arrogant and I'm selfish, you know, I'm, I'm all those things. But today I just have to say God is, and I am just a human being. God is everything. I am finite and I cannot do this alone. And because before when I was doing it alone, I dreamed of having a bodyguard, you know, of being locked in my bedroom and someone letting me out in the morning. You know, I wanted to be Rapunzel and then like someone tell me, oh, thank you. I'll, I'll wrap it there. Um, just thank you. Thank you for everyone on this line. And, and just, yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I pass. Thank you, Katie V. There is time for one two-minute share. Would anybody like that spot? I heard Jen A. Please go ahead. Thanks, Lynn. I'll keep it brief. Jen A. recovered in Colorado today. A free man. I don't know about you, but some days, um, you know, a free woman. Can I be free, truly free of the need to eat compulsively? By the grace of God and by this program today, I'm free of the obsession of a lot of things. I don't compulsively eat. I don't compulsively exercise. I don't throw up, I don't pop pills, um, I don't do all the destructive things to myself that I used to do. Um, I'd like to say <laughs> it's because I put down the food and worked the steps. No, something bigger than me came in, my bodyguard, my bodyguard for life, and that's God. You know, 14 days, a shit storm came to my door. Um, I thought my life uh, was pretty much upside down. And you know what? As I traveled in that storm, with my bodyguard, I call him the captain of my ship. He showed me that he is there. He is there to protect me and guide me to keep me safe. And that's been the beautiful thing. You know, um, even though the biggest turmoil could possibly go wrong and happen in your life, guess what? God still shows up today. He shows up for me in an even bigger way. And there I'm able to have peace and serenity. And I don't even think about the food. I'm not even interested in the exercise. That's the neutrality that I have as a result from letting God into my life and letting him rule. He's my bodyguard, the captain of my ship. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. And thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Monday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for this morning, Monday, January 4th, 2021, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 16126. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Lisa B., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, I'm happy to. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.